Hello, this is Brendan O'Shea. Welcome to this exclusive interview from my archives. For a deeper dive into my interviews and features, please explore tall-poppies.com. That's tall-poppies.com. I appreciate your interest and hope you enjoy the content. Today, we meet the Swedish crime writer, Orza Larsson. I think that that is one of the best thing writing uh, has given to me is that I have this in, in common with my, my dad. We go out in nature, we find different places and, and it's, it's you know, a, th- a thing that we do together which is really, really nice and I'm so grateful for that. Born in Karuna, Sweden, in 1966, Orsa Larsson initially studied law in Uppsala. She lived for some years in Stockholm, but today prefers the rural life with her husband and two children in Marifred in the north of the country. Orsa Larsson is a fully qualified lawyer, but has stopped practising that profession since she made her debut in writing in 2003 with the novel Sunstorm. The book was awarded the Swedish Crime Writers Association Prize for Best Debut Novel. Well, the sequel, The Blood Split, was chosen as Best Swedish Crime Novel of 2004 and also enjoyed an immediate success. Here's Lit Cologne and it was there I met her and asked her firstly if she had any idea why Swedish authors were so good at writing crime fiction. No, uh, I and I really don't. Maybe you have the urge to write, and you have these uh, all these other crime writers that inspire you. So I don't know. You're the mother of two children, and you started out your life as a tax lawyer. What a jump, going from being a lawyer to being a writer. What happened? Well, I I, I wrote a lot as a kid, and I wrote a lot as a teenager. Writing was a certain way for me to to get my father's attention. He was kind of absent-minded, but a big book lover. He always read a lot and and um, took me to see Bertolucci's Novecento when I was really small and 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 had this. So he was kind of politically on the left and always interested in my creative projects. So. It was a way for me to get his attention and when I attended law school and worked as a lawyer, I stopped writing. I didn't even read novels anymore. I just worked like a crazy person. And when I got my first child, whether you like it or not, life stops and you have to reflect on yourself. And And I suddenly felt that my life had really become boring. You know, inside my head, I, I sat there with this beautiful baby and discovered I, I, I really wasn't happy. So I, I didn't want to travel. I didn't, I didn't want anything exciting to happen to me. I just wanted to have fun inside my head. And I took up writing again. And then this thought came to me that I would try and write a whole novel. And here we are. Well, of course, Rebecca came along. Rebecca Matteson, she's also a tax lawyer. She also has come to a city and is an outsider, which I believe is a lot to do with how you might have felt when you first left home. Tell us a little bit about the area of Sweden where you actually come from, because it's quite isolated and you you actually have a lot of contact with the indigenous people as well, right? Yes, well, Kirna is a small mining community in the northern part of Sweden. It's situated 200 kilometres north of the Polar Circle. I think that we are, are more 
connected to Finland than we are to the rest of Sweden. Both my mother and my father, their first language is Finnish, although they, they grew up in Sweden. And we are the underdogs. <laughs> the Stockholmers, uh, they think that we don't really know to behave, which is absolutely true. Uh, we, we drink too much, which is true as well. And we use too many swore words when we speak and, you know... Uh, And when you move to the mid part of Sweden, Stockholm or Uppsala, to study law, you feel that. And I think that I have that in common with Rebecca Martinsson. She's a, uh, a person who first moves away from Kirna, becomes a, a lawyer and then moves back. And I really, I can feel the same thing. You know, when you, when you come back, you don't really belong there anymore either um, things have slightly changed uh, you are not the same anymore so it's kind of the feeling that you don't really belong not in the mid-sweden and and not where you came from either it also means when you come back and i think we sense this also with rebecca the fact that it's a bit like leaving the earth you leave the earth and you can look down and you can see things in a, with a different perspective and i think that this talent or this extra instinct that Rebecca receives from that actually helps her a lot in, in solving crimes. Yeah, and helps me writing my books, right? I, 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 yeah, it's a, you know, the homecomer is a classical theme in literature, so, and, and there's a reason for it. The people who write and, and get that ability to see, as you say. What about that church background in your writing then? How has it influenced you? Oh, I think it does a lot and in a very unconscious way. I can always, you know, I have no plan uh, when I write, but when I look back upon what I have been written, I can I can see that it's about uh, guilt and punishment and also about, do you say, grace? Yeah. Um, and I, I can see that it's a strong theme in all the books, uh, even though they are um, uh, not about church or religion explicitly. I'm wondering when you go back and you visit Rebecca. Now, you've said from the beginning there's going to be six books. What sorts of things change with Rebecca? Do you notice that it's actually also quite reflective of yourself or is it reflective of various other things that are happening in the world? Oh, I think she follows me uh, and of course she develops. It's almost 10 years ago since I started thinking about her. Since you met her? Since, since I met her. <laughs> and of course I changed a lot, she changes, uh, she changes too, naturally. Any ideas of what might be the future for Rebecca? Uh, of course. Mm -hmm. And then she went silent. <laughs> And then she went silent, which is fine. How does an idea start for you in this particular case where somebody goes swimming and they, they can't get out of this hole that's being cut in the ice? Where, where does an idea like that stem from? Well, I, I had this vision in my head of an aeroplane at the bottom of a lake and I saw uh, two young people going up to this lake to uh, dive on that plane. And I asked my father, who still lives in Kirna, you know, I need this lake. It has to be deep enough so that you don't see a plane from the surface. Um, but you have to be able to dive on it. And there must be a road, but it mustn't go all the way up to the lake. There must be a walking distance. And he said, well, 
I know the lake. It's Vitangjärvi, so let's go there. And we went there. Uh, I just smiled, you know, and, and my father asked me, so what are, you, what, are you, what are you smiling about? And I said, well, I'm thinking about Wilma and how she's clawing under the ice. And my father, he, he, he looked at me and he said, oh, I wonder what I did wrong with you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but he loves it. He does. Oh, that was going to be, of course, one of my questions. You mentioned now that you've taken your father. Are your family involved in your plots? I'm a bit worried if they are. <laughs> well, very much so. Not not in making the plots. The stories are mine. But my father, he helps me out with locations. We we, and it's a very. I think that that is one of the best thing writing uh, has given to me is that I have this in, in common with my, my dad. Uh, we go out in nature, we find different places and and it's, it's you know, a, th- a thing that we do together which is really, really nice and I'm so grateful for that. And my mother, she is the one who, she, she reads, uh, you know, as I go along writing. And she's the one who says, oh, write faster. I want to know what happens. And oh, you are so, so very talented. <laughs> and, and I can call her. And it, it's pathetic. I'm over 40. And I call my mother and I'm, I'm like, is this really any good at all? And she never gets, you know, just tired of saying, Osa, no, this is so good, really, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> is that the person who reads your final product first? Um, yes, it's mother, it's uh, father and uh, the father of my children. They are the first. Could I take Osa Larsen out of Sweden and get her to write somewhere else? Well, I, I, I would say you couldn't even take out of the northern part of Sweden. It's always going to be Kiruna. I have this um, story, uh, you know, in my head now that is not a, a crime novel. And I, from the beginning, thought that, no, it's going to, this is going to take place in Mariefria, the mid part of Sweden where I live now. And the story just wouldn't happen. It was like, you know, dragging a dog into the veterinary, you know, station. And finally I just gave up and I said, well, let her come from Kiruna then. And then things started to move inside my head. So I have to place my stories up there for them to happen and develop. This is Brendan O'Shea. For a deeper dive into my interviews and features please explore tall-poppies.com. That's tall-poppies.com. I appreciate your interest and hope you enjoy the content. <laughs>